FYI, this podcast contains spoilers. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 447 of the podcast that goes nicked. I'm your host, Jason Venable, and happy Pride Month, and for Marvel, happy Pride Week, I guess? Um, I don't know how long this episode will be, I'm only talking about one issue that has some very minor Wolverine and, and then some more prominent uh, Dawkins appearances, but um, whatever the length of the episode ends up being, whether it's you know 30 minutes or closer to our normal hour, if it is brief, don't let the brevity um, lend you any... Uh, <laughs> Don't, don't try to compare that to the importance of the episode. This is a, an episode that'll be very uh, important to my heart. Um, you know, uh, I would like to think, you know, we're constantly making progress and, and things progressing in this country. And I like to think that we're optimistically building in the right direction. Um, but obviously, you know, um, with Pride Month for all my LGBTQ plus um, friends and listeners out there, you know, definitely know that you have a staunch ally, um, you know, love you guys, and, you know, happy Pride Month. I mean, it's, I know, I've, I've seen some different people say different things about, you know, pride and and rainbow washing and stuff like that, and, you know, I try not to get too much into that. I mean, all I would say, you know, is that, you know, it's not. It shouldn't just be one month in the year. We should always support each other and love each other. And you know, love is love. And you know, I'm just. Everyone should get the dignity and compassion that they deserve um, as human beings, regardless of your sexual orientation or gender identity or any of that. Um, at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. I mean, it matters because we should be who we are supposed to be. But it shouldn't make anyone treat you any less. And so. Anyway, happy Pride Month to those of you who are celebrating it or, or know people that are celebrating it and you're supporting them. I, you know, I know um, having that in my family that, you know, it's definitely something that, uh, like I said, is just near and dear um, to my heart. There are other uh, ex-community podcasts that will probably have more in-depth things to say about it. Um, you know, my friends on Homo Superior or House of X or Comic Book Queers, you know, just to name a few. And I'm probably very, will have a guilty conscience as soon as I'm done because I'll think of someone that I meant to say right there and left out. And so if you're listening, I apologize. I didn't make a list I should have. As most of the times on this podcast, I kind of get in and start going and I wish the things that, that I would have added to my notes that I forgot to put in. Um, Anyway, uh, there, there's probably some really good conversations, uh, even probably better episodes about this issue, right, on some of my other uh, ex-Twitter comrades um, and friends. Um, but, you know, it's important to me, and I wanted to talk about it. And whether we have a lot of content, or I end up with a lot of content on the comic or itself or not, remains to be seen. But, um, you know, I'm just kind of glad it's happening. These, these Marvel Voices issues have been pretty great um, you know in a lot of different ways and I know this is the first one I've directly talked about but you know the other ones for, for both um, you know, African American and, and Native American 
voices have been have been really good and it's a really good opportunity right it showcased some very talented creative individuals that you know some of whom are more well known there's definitely some names like in this issue that I think are, are very well known and respected across the board and then some that weren't as familiar to me that I'll be looking to see some other stuff they're doing right I think I think what's key right is that it's not well, you never know right it, it's, it's easy to be jaded about a big corporation and say oh well they're just they're doing this to 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 cater or sell comics I I I tend not to lean too heavily into that. I like to believe the best of people when I can, unless they give me a reason not to. Um, and so I, I like to think that it's, it's sincere and earnest that, you know, they're not only giving, not only making these books for the, you know, the months of celebration uh, and, you know, the one we're going to talk about today for Pride, but that also, you know, it's not, they're giving creators that, the books pertain to the opportunity to shine right um you know this book is chock full of of creators who are in you know the lgbtq plus community and that's that's awesome you know and i hope i don't know i haven't probably done the right research but i would hope that these books are selling well and that proceeds from the books will be used to you know help hire more diverse creators, right? I mean, I I hope that's what it's doing. I, I hope that the books are selling well. Marvel's not just pocketing the money and giving it, you know, to, I don't know, just, you know, writer A, who's already a big shot or whatever. Like, I, I, hope, I hope it's not in giving superstars a bigger salary. I hope it's actually, you know, allowing them to prove, right, that these creators can sell books and they need books, right? And, and they get more books. Um, you know, there's a couple of, you know, Chris Anka is a guy in here who um, is pretty well established and known artist, and I always love seeing his art. And I'm always kind of surprised that, you know, he does a lot of covers, and now I'm always kind of like, oh, what's he drawing? What's he doing this time? And, and sometimes it's, it's not always something, but, um, you know, anyway, I'm, wow, I'm really rambling. Um, <laughs> yeah, but, you know, Wherever you sit, right, whether you are part of the community or whether you're just an ally to the community, um, I, I hope you will, will stand with your your brothers and sisters and non-binary friends and just really support, right? This is a chance to show support. So if you're listening and you fall in the LGBTQ plus community or as an ally of them, you know, know that you have my support and my love. Um, so we're going to talk about Marvel Voices Pride number one. Uh, there's a whole slew of creatives. I think I could be remembering wrong. I don't have the other ones in front of me right at this second. I don't remember them being this big. Now part of it is it has a reprint in the back that is several pages, right? Um, has a reprint of Alpha Flight 106, which was the, the very seminal um, coming out of North Star, right? Very historical issue. And so they reprint that. Um, it is a very important issue. It's a very 90s issue. <laughs> I'm not sure it's necessarily like Alpha Flight at this point in time was not at its peak. <laughs> but, um, you know, it is, it's an important issue. It's a big deal that, that North Star was able to come out and, you know, the character grown from there. And then, you know, he will eventually 
it'll be the first uh, same-sex marriage in a Marvel comic, right? With his husband Kyle. So that's pretty cool. Um, and that that seed was planted. That door was opened back in Alpha Flight number 106. But even other than that, I, I feel like this book is thicker than the other voices ones. Again, can just be me misremembering. But um, anyway, a whole lot of creatives. So um, we have Introduction by Luciano Vecchio and Michael Sullivan. And by the way, Luciano was on a recent House of X podcast episode. I would highly encourage you going and checking that out. Um, Under the Stars by Marco Tamaki and Chris Anka with uh, colors by Tamara Bonvian. Uh, Something New Every Day by Lila Sturgis and Derek Charm with colors by Brittany Peer. Then When a Black Cat Crosses Your Path, You Give Them the Right Away by Lou Williams and Jan Bazaldua. Or Balz- I think it's Bazaldua. I'm not, I'm not sure. Um, with uh, Eric Arseniega on colors. And I'll just stop here and say, I'm going to try my best to say all these names right. I have not heard all of them out loud. But my sincerest apologies if I get anything wrong. And if I butcher anything, well, shame on me. And, you know, you can yell at me and that's fine. I can take it. Um, anyway, uh, Totally Invulnerable by Crystal Frazier and Jethro Morales with colors by Rochelle Rosenberg. Colossus by Karen Gillen and Jen Hickman with colors by Brittany Peer. Good Judy by Terry Bloss and Paulina Gancho with colors by Kendall Good. Early Thaw by Anthony Oliveira and Javier Garon with uh, colors by David Curiel. Uh, the Man I Know by J.J. Kirby. The Grey Ladies by Teeny Howard and Samantha Dodge with Brittany Peer on colors. Um, oh, You Deserve by Vida Ayala and Joanna Estep with Brittany L. Williams and Brittany Peer. Um, Man of His Dreams by Steve Orlando and Claudia Aguirre with uh, Luciano Vecchio. And then Love is Love by Jacopo Cabagni. And then the cover is by Luciano Vecchio. Vecchio? Vecchio? <laughs> I just heard his name several times. Um, Anyway, um, and the cover is pretty cool. It is, oh, I had it up, and I have to look it up because I actually got a different cover on my copy. I got the Chris Anka variant with the the Runaways, um, Nico and Carolina, and they're smooching on the cover, and it's pretty cool. Uh, Carolina's powers always look great. The colors always look awesome, um, and of course, Chris Anka, like I said, is just an artist that, that I love. Um, but Luciano is also a very good artist, and let me pull up his cover real fast on the handy dandy phone here. Um, yeah, so his cover has Doc in front and center, which will be my Twitter icon for a little while, and then behind him is Angela, and then North Star, and then I don't remember which power pack that is—the one with the rainbow flight powers, which. I mean, it makes sense with the rainbow. I didn't know. I don't think I knew that she was queer. But, um, yeah, that's cool. It's a great cover. Uh, Dawkins looks great. Uh, Angel looks pretty great. North Star, I mean, always looks great. Um, and then the, the rainbow flying in the background and, uh, and a black and purple cloud of stars. It's a, it's a nice cover. It really is. Um, so, that was all the credits. Now we're going to get to the stories. 
So this first one is really kind of just a history of, of queerness in the Marvel Universe. Um, and Star from the North Star coming out is narrated by Prodigy. And he talks about, you know, even the 1 million BC Avengers had the character, the Starbrand character that was a gay caveman. And then, of course, Hercules is... I don't know if you would say he's bisexual or pansexual or whatever, but his has been so for a long time. Then the Valkyries. And then I missed that the Rawhide Kid was um, was retconned to be gay, but that's pretty cool. Uh, gay cowboy. Um, and then Gray Malkin, one of the early mutants who um, was not cis male. And then um, oh, I didn't know about Union Jack and Destroyer either. Okay. Then of course Mystique and Destiny. Uh, the very always intentionally subtexted and then finally uh, brought into full canon um, then the Captain America story with his friend Archie I'm sorry Arnie um, who was basically the victim of, of hatred I mean I don't know if it's explicitly stated I don't remember the story if it's explicitly stated as a hate crime but it's definitely you know the feeling that it got and Captain America just being outraged at that and and telling him you know they cannot corrupt your love with lies um as he's dying and holding him in his arms and just making Captain America as an ally is so important to me. Um, and not just in this situation, right? An ally for any oppressed group or any marginalized group or minority. Like, he should stand for everybody. And so that, that's just, that's, that's really important to me. And, um, and then it talks about, there's kind of a, a slew of, people, some of whom I recognize, some of whom I don't, just talking about how they followed in the footsteps. And then, you know, the more recent uh, couple of Wiccan and Hulkling, and of course their marriage as well, right? I mean, we had um, North Star and Kyle get married, you know, I guess several years ago now, and then recently in Empire, uh, Hulkling and Wiccan get married, and then uh, talks about how it wasn't the first kiss, but it's a very important kiss, especially for X-Fans with Shatterstar and um, uh, Richter. I, I wanted to say Rico for some reason. I don't know why. And then talks about some other things like, you know, um, different gendered Loki, Angela and her lover, and then um, some trans characters, some of whom I wasn't aware of, but some of whom I was. Like, I don't know who this goldfish person is. Um, it's a cool design. But yeah, and then, um, you know, obviously talks about America Chavez and Iceman and um you know the runaways like we talked about on the cover and then um i think in the most recent guardians of the galaxies uh marvel boy and one of the i don't know if that's hercules older or is one of the other greek gods then of course uh moving into uh mystique and her uh, angst now about wanting her wife back like i said you know taking a subtext that was just known and understood for years and years and years and finally, you know, canonized out loud. It was pretty awesome. Another pretty cool, like the art's really good as we kind of walk through that history. It's lots of panels. Um, then, of course, we have the vows. And I think these are the actual vows that they use, or at least part of these vows were used in the wedding and the Empire tie-in. But we get you know, the full vows or an expanded version of the vows maybe uh, between uh, Wiccan and Hulkling and that's pretty cool. It's pretty nice. Pretty sweet. Uh, the Chris Anka uh, runaway story is cool because uh, Nico and Carolina are trying to go to a concert and it literally is it's tickets at the door only and it sells out right 
like the people before them get tickets and they don't. But then they use their powers to kind of fly up and watch the concert from the sky. It's pretty cool. Um, then uh, the Daredevil story is Elektra is Daredevil. And she saves a a scientist is working on MGH. And the scientist is trans. And, you know, it's pretty cool. Cause, so, so one of the things that you maybe get in comics like this is the risk of dialogue being stilted to try to make a point, but I think they actually handle this pretty naturally, because there's a part where Electra says something like, welcome to womanhood, and the, the trans character calls Electra out, and says, that's not cool, that, that kind of makes it sound like, you know, I wasn't a woman until I, you know, officially transitioned, and Electra's like, you know what? I never thought about that. That was a that was not a, a cool thing to say. I should I need a, to think about how I phrase stuff like that. And and it could have been this kind of preachy after school special thing, but it, it actually at least to me came out as a very honest, like natural conversation. Like someone says something, they didn't mean anything by it. They actually probably meant something positive about it, but they said it in a way that the intention and the delivery don't match, right? And that's. How often does that happen? That's such a human thing, right? Where, I, who knows, maybe even tonight I'll say something like that. And if I do, correct me, because I want to be corrected. Um, but yeah, I mean, how often does that happen where your intention is to say something encouraging and supportive and and trying to make a connection with someone, but the delivery comes out as something that is not necessarily bad. I don't think like what Electra said was terrible, but it had connotations that she would not have wanted to convey. And and so I really love the courage also uh, for this character. And I forget in my notes, I did, what was the name? Uh, oh, shoot. Because this doctor... Um, uh, does it say her their name? I'm looking through. I'm not sure it actually does. I'm trying to read it again right now because I'm just on one couple of pages. Oh, sorry. Not in the dialogue. This is a very small label. It's a Dr. Charlene McGowan. Sorry. Sorry, guys. Especially that's the character you love. I'm sorry. I didn't know it. Um, but yeah. Now I forgot what I was trying to say. But I, just, I think because... Dr. McGowan could have just kind of blown it off, right? Well, she didn't mean that. I just won't say anything. I'll let it go. But she has the courage to actually say, you know, you know what? I, I know you were not trying to be rude, but the phrasing you used has connotations that are not necessarily positive. And then I really love that Electra has the understanding and the, the grace and compassion to say, you know what? Thank you. Thank you for correcting me. Like, I didn't realize that my saying that would be construed or received negatively and that's not what I wanted it to be so I, I want to change and then go out and they have a nice dinner together and it's really cool it's just a, it's a really sweet story I really enjoyed it um then the black cat story is pretty great too um we meet or re-meet uh Jesse Drake and I've never read that story I should be getting close to it in the flashback flashback episodes um so I'm interested to read that story um you know, I had bailed on Marvel Comics Presents way before this happened. 
And, you know, I've been going back through them, obviously, on, on the podcast. So, I think we're pretty close to their first appearance. But, um, anyway, uh, Black Cat is looking for an imposter. Uh, man, it's so refreshing to see Balls of Dua's art again. I really miss their art from Mr. or Mrs. X and stuff. Um, it still has some, some of the same kind of baby doll face, right? But it's still really good. It's still really fun. Anyway, Black Cat is looking for this... Um, uh, jeez, still Raven. It turns out Jesse Drake is also looking for Still Raven, and so they're both being targeted by Still Raven. So they blow up the place and decide uh, they'll go on a maybe date. It's cool. It's a nice story. Love the art. The She-Hulk story. There's this uh, character who's looking for She-Hulk at this convention. It's Titania, but it's not really She-Hulk. It's a cosplayer, and then. Turns out they kind of have a crush on Titania. And this one does is not as explicit, but I think from the art we can imply that it uh, is a trans person. Uh, started off as art visually one gender and uh, transitioning to another as they got older. And it's really cool. And Titania and fake She-Hulk form a very strong bond. They go have coffee together. They, they, they laugh about stuff. They have friendship. It's just it's really cool. It's, it's, you know, not to be too saccharine, but a lot of these stories are just really sweet. Like, there's just really, like, an, an innocence and an idealism, right? Because you would hope. Like, what we want to work towards is that everyone can be themselves and be accepted for themselves. And it's not awkward, right? It's not something you have to... to I don't know, like it's just natural, right? It's just natural that we accept each other for who we are and we have friendships and we don't have to worry about like, oh, I couldn't be a friend with this or I couldn't be a friend with that. And we all just are friends because we have common interests and and we love each other and if nothing else because we're in the same place and we're all humans, right? Anyway, it's just, there's just a really kind of universal sweetness to these stories. It's really nice. Um, so we find out in the uh, Colossus story, it's really about Prodigy and, um, uh, not, not Speed. Speed, it is Speed, right? I need to go read all these stories with uh, them. But Prodigy talking about how he, you know, when he grew up in the X-Mansion, you know, figuring out that he was bisexual and, you know, how, how the X-Men, the X-Mansion was a very sexy place to be. He talks about how uh, Colossus in his non-steel form, but with his little uh, costume on, just kind of walking around being buff, and you know how it, it you know he he would be with um, the girl with the metal arms and the purple hair. I uh, can't remember her name right this second. And he, and he liked girls. He liked that. But then Colossus would come in, and he'd be like, "Oh, I like that too." And it's funny because he's like intentionally kind of like bashful about it, and. Um, you know, we have a scene in the library or in the cafeteria where Gambit's talking to Nightcrawler. It looks nice. And then there's a scene of, like, all these ex-couples. Of course, Rogue and Gambit, uh, Jean, or is that Mystique? Flirting with Wolverine. And then, you know, several other, other characters in there as well. And, um, yeah, it's just a cool kind of, oh, I don't, you know, really know how I feel about this, but it, it was fun. So then we have the story at Ankrakoa in the Green Lagoon. And Anol is being, he's a bartender, and Gray Malkin is trying to convince him to get back on the field. And he's like, well, 
I don't know if any guy would would like me with my appearance. You know, kind of, because Nolan kind of has a double whammy, right? You know, he is a minority for for being gay, but he's also, you know, one of the less normal-looking mutants, right? So he's, he's not a mutant that can hide in plain sight. And so he's been really self-conscious about that. But Grey Malkin and Pixie comes up. They're both encouraging. And there's, there's a scene in the background that looks like Wolverine and Cyclops are about to fight when Jean, you know, kind of lurking around them. Um, and yeah, in fact, Wolverine pops his claws and Cyclops puts his hand up to his visor and Jean face palms. <laughs> it's pretty great. This is all in the background. It's a very just kind of really like down-to-earth friendship dialogue. Um, anyway, then Dawkin comes up and says, hey, come dance. And uh, I know like, all right, Pixie, go ahead. I'll finish the dishes. And Dawkin's like, no, not her, you. And Noah's like, Really? Aren't you with uh, Aurora? He's like, yeah, but it's just a dance. Come on, let's go dance. Which is pretty cool. You know, and plus Doc is a player anyway, right? So, um, but then Noel's like, well, okay, but only Grey Malkin can come too. And Doc is like, the more the merrier. And, you know, he means it. <laughs> anyway, so the three of them go out and dance on the dance floor. And in the background also, even though they were about to have a fight, we have Wolverine dancing with Cyclops and Jean just kind of dancing around them, which is nice and fun. Um, and then we also have Rogue and Gambit dancing in the background, Jubilee and Storm, uh, and you know some other characters as well. Iceman in the foreground, I think. Um, yeah, pretty cool. Pretty nice little story. Um, then we have a story where there's, you know, some applied subtext today, right? Um, and Iceman is helping Angel take up his wings. And Angel's going to go out in the town and, and hide and look human. And Iceman's like, well, why don't you just be yourself and show your wings? And Angel's like, the world's not ready for that yet. And we see Iceman in his room in shadow and kind of applying that both ways, right? The world also is not ready for me to come out. And, it's, and that's kind of a sad story, probably the sadder story of this issue. And you see him also kind of sitting by the pool and, and lusting after Angel a little bit. And then Magneto comes and he's got missiles, but he sees Iceman kind of distressed. And he disarms his missiles and, and walks up to Bobby. And Bobby kind of says without saying what he's going through. And Magneto's like, oh man. And he, he almost wants to give Bobby a hug. So he takes off his helmet, sits down, and it's kind of. You know, he disbands the missiles and, and kind of puts his mission on hold. And he just sits down and talks to Bobby as his friend. And, and Bobby's like, can I try on your hat? Which is funny that he calls his helmet a hat. I thought that was really nice. Um, and he does. He's like, awesome. And Magneto just sits there with him. It's really cool because this is back, you know, 60s megalomaniac Magneto. And it's a side of him we would definitely not have seen back then. But it's glad to see that kind of filtered through his whole evolution and the fact that even though he was about to like go go super villain bad guy missile crazy he like stops it and just is, has a very human moment with Bobby and you know he kind of talks about you know at this point in time you know he says that uh, he and Charles have very different philosophies and opinions but it's really all about though saving the mutants and you know he says you know, we differ in methods that will never be safe. We will make a better future, a future less lonely for the different. We will make a brave new world, I promise you that. <laughs> There's a really funny line, he goes, sorry about your missiles, and Magneto goes, well, there will be other missiles. <laughs> and it's just, it's really nice, it's really fun. Um, 
and Javier Garon is, is a favorite artist of mine, so, um, you know, that was cool. Uh, really, that was probably one of the highlights. It's probably my favorite little story of the issue. Um, we had a really uh, cool, intimate moment with Kyle and North Star, and Kyle talks about why he loves North Star, and that, you know, people always see, like, the brash, arrogant, cocky North Star, but he gets the more sensitive one, the one whose passion, you know, is about devotion and trying to do what's best for their marriage, and that's nice, right? It's nice kind of seeing the, the differences there. Um, then we see the gray ladies, and they stop short of calling this guy James Moriarty, but basically, you know, Irene Adler, who is a, a Shakespeare, I'm sorry, not Shakespeare, a Sherlock Holmes character, but also, you know, Adler for Destiny, um, and yeah, they're, they're having some Machiavellian schemes, and, you know, Moriarty talks about, or not Moriarty, or maybe Moriarty talks about Mystique, and how he, Destiny needs to cut him loose, or cut her loose, I'm sorry, it turns out this Destiny really is Mystique, and she breaks Moriarty's neck, and then goes home and makes out with Destiny, and, you know, it's a nice, sweet story again. And then we have a story at the Hellfire Gala with um, Karma um, basically th feeling sorry for herself and Magic, you know, coming up and giving her a pep talk. And there's this, this mutant girl that, that Karma likes. Um, she has, like, rain... Like, it's kind of like Angel's powers, but her feathers are multicolored, and I think she does... Um, what's her power here? I'm not... Sure. Um, so a lot of stories in here. I don't remember all the finer points necessarily, but um. Anyway, Magic is in her pep talk. Tells her to go talk to her. She does, and it turns out really well, of course. And it's nice and sweet. They end up kissing on the dance floor. Um, it's fun. And then um, we go back to Krakoa, and we have Dokken and Aurora, and Dokken is remembering. Uh, Carl Valentino and this is the first appearance of Mr. Valentino and they had a tour of love affair and really just a one night stand but Valentino's powers um, you know he, he takes dreams and makes them feel real right um, so in this one night when Dawkins was asleep he lived a whole life with Carl, and um, it was interesting, and when he finds out, you know, that, that he left that night, or that morning, he wasn't ready for what he dreamed about, and so he ran off, and Carl had his life, and the Doc, and of course, had his life, which we all know about, including the stint on the Dark Avengers, um, so Carl is an oneromancer, he controls dreams, um, but he always put his families before his own, and you know, 50 years later, he died, and Doc is like, he never got to see what we fought for. Krakoa is like this great thing, and Carl, you know, supported his family, didn't pursue his own dreams or passions as a mutant, and so Doc does something interesting here. You know, we get a nice snick with his three claws, and he goes to the funeral, and he cuts open the the coffin or does whatever he needs to do so that Carl can be resurrected and he is and he's like in this Krakoa I remember news from before was I dead and he's like Akihiro 
which is, you know, of course, Dawkins' other name. Um, like, I never thought I'd see you again. And Dawkins says, well, you know, everything's possible here. And so then he gets a new costume, and he goes by the name Somnus now, and we, you know, we are told we will see more of him next year, so that's pretty cool. And then we have a big double-page spread of Love is Love. So I really enjoyed the Dawkins stories. I really, I really enjoyed the background dancing with Wolverine. Um, you know, it's really hard to grade a book like this because while the the stories are important, we're not with a couple of exceptions. Like Somnus may end up being something, right? But this book is not really attempting to like propel major stories or you know. You know what I mean? Like, it's more about the small moments and about recognizing, you know, the values of of the community than it is, you know, carrying forward major storylines, right? And, you know, with the slew of artists, like, it's, it, there's a lot of different kinds of art, so it's hard to grade something like that, this kind of this uh, jam session idea, right, of an anthology book. Um, that said, I really enjoyed it. Um... If I were to just grade the content, you know, it's probably a high four out of six. But as with all of these voices books, you know, it goes beyond the content and it goes to both the the point the books are trying to make, right, and then also the exposure for the creators. Um, and in that regards, like I said, I don't know for sure how the books are selling or if the money is doing anything different towards the creators that, that, that worked on the book. I don't know all that. But I will know as far as exposure, at least exposing me to some different people, and as far as giving people a chance to create and tell stories that are really pretty good, you know, I think I think for what I was trying to do, I think six out of six clause for me. Um, it's just it's a really important book, I think. All these voices books are pretty important. And, you know, I'm glad I finally got to talk about one kind of a little bit in-depth. Not super in-depth, but a little bit on the podcast. Like I said, um, check out some of my peers' uh, podcasts for probably some more in-depth, different perspective on the issues. Uh, probably some things that hit them more personally, right? Um, and, yeah, go check those out. I, I know I'm pretty sure Homo Superior and House of X have have episodes that are either out or coming out um, about this so and if they don't well get on it <laughs> um, but yeah yeah I guess we'll we'll stop there but um anyway like I said just not necessarily important to the content of the podcast as far as you know Wolverine stories or anything like that but something that was very near and dear to my heart that I definitely wanted to talk about so thanks for giving me the opportunity hope you enjoyed the episode and yeah, it's gonna be a little short, but like I said, that does not the brevity does not betray the importance or how important this is. Um so if anything you hear me say, just love each other. Come on. Love is love. Like it says at the end of this book, and you see that written a lot, right? And but it's so true. It's so true. So be good, be kind, and give people the dignity they all deserve, um, no matter their walk of life, right? So Anyway, I guess that's it. I don't want to get too too preachy or too emotional, so I'm going to cut it here. Uh, hope you enjoyed the episode. Um, have some, some pretty cool stuff coming up pretty soon. 
Um, I won't get into all of it here. Well, why not? Uh, we'll do a giant uh, Hellfire Gala episode with the Excaliburos. Um If I'm able, and my vacation may prevent it, but um, the guys, speaking of Homo Superior, the guys have are putting together, like they did for Ten of Swords, a big episode on the Hellfire Gala. Um, it is literally like the night I'm supposed to be packing <laughs> for our, our family trip, but I'm going to see if I can make it work and try to do that. So you may or may not hear me on that. And then um, have episode 450 coming up, which I'm hoping to do something pretty fun. And then, of course, our ninth anniversary episode, which I'm hoping to do Fatal Attractions here in the next little over a month or so. So um, anyway, that's all coming up. So as always, for the podcast that goes knit, you can like the Facebook page. Twitter is at Snitcast. Show notes and stuff for snitcast.podbean.com. Um, until next time, hugs and snicks, everyone. Bye-bye and snacked.